Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Transcripts podcast, where we discuss homeschooling and the joys and challenges that can bring. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Melody. Today, we're going to be talking about being the homeschool administrator, in addition to being a homeschool teacher. Melody, how did you feel when you realized that as a homeschooling parent, you also had to be the school counselor and administrator? In the beginning, I I felt pretty good about the administrator aspect because I had been a classroom teacher and I already had systems in place for tracking progress and evaluation that I just modified for homeschool. Um, so I was in my element because my background is early education, early childhood education, child development, early elementary. So I was fine with that. But the career counseling part, that threw me for a loop. I wasn't ready for that. I did not feel like I knew what resources were available, and I didn't know where to begin. And there, this was, well, 20 years ago, so we didn't have the resources that are out there now, and I couldn't figure out how to get started because so much had changed from when I went to college. Right. So I, I felt like I didn't have enough time to learn everything I needed to know to get my kids going. And um, I think that it was it was daunting. I read everything I could find. I went to every workshop I could find, but I still felt like I was just floundering around. I, I feel felt that same way when I had little kids. All I did was buy curriculum and, and grade their papers and put them in a little file and make sure that we date stamped it so we could prove our right. attendance. Right. Um, but it wasn't until, I guess my oldest child was in eighth grade and we were looking at high school, and I all of a sudden I realized I had a lot of responsibilities I didn't know how to fulfill. I didn't know, um, you know, how to make sure they had the right credits or the right courses, and I got, I was so worried that I actually thought maybe I should send them to school. That's um, when I started looking at what the public school was required to cover and making sure I was checking off all the right boxes and wondering if we were doing enough. Right. I was really glad that the public school had their, um, you know, their scope and sequence online, online right. and the credits that uh, they awarded to each course. Um, and I figured I was paying school taxes, even though I wasn't using the school. So <laughs> yes. it was a great resource to help me to get, um, make sure my kids were going to have all the credits and things mm -hmm. they needed. Um, so what did you find to be your toughest challenges when you were acting as the school administrator? Keeping up. Keeping up. keeping up was the hardest part. Not just keeping up with my kids and all of the different levels I was teaching, but keeping up with what uh, what marketable skills they needed because the landscape of the work environment was changing. Everybody was shifting to more things online. People needed keyboarding skills more than they did before, word processing, that kind of thing. So that was hard to keep up with. And then keeping up with, um, like, standards in college, what kind of, uh, for example, essay writing, what kind of things did they want now, what kind of standards and guidelines were they using, because it was different Right. when I went to college. Yeah, when I went to high school, I think uh, we only had to have two math credits to graduate, and now it's uh, four almost four, across the board. And yeah, it does change. State, but that was, that was tough, and then just figuring out what to keep. What records did I need to keep? Did I need to keep every single piece of paper we produced? And where was I going to keep all of that? <laughs> yeah. And what was essential and what was extra? And then how to uh, translate real-life skills into coursework, because that was valid learning, and I felt like it should show up on the transcript. So that was another part. What to Right, learning how to, to do that um, school speak. 
Yes. You know, like if your vocabulary. kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if your kids, um, say you had your kids sort some things, that's called classification for the purposes of education instead of, you know, they just put away the silverware. Yes. Now, of course, for high school, we're talking about higher level skills, but the kind right. of same idea where, uh, like my son Kyle, he wasn't very athletic, but he did take his dog for a walk every day. And he did go disc golfing, so I gave him a credit for fitness walking. And that would be something that a college would see on a transcript and understand, whereas if I said he walked the dog, they'd mm -hmm. probably start laughing. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, That's learning how to, to phrase things. Well, for me, some of my toughest challenges were um, really creating the transcript because I didn't really know how to calculate the GPA. And, oh, me neither. And, or add weighting to courses. Yes. And then... Um, I'm not great with Excel, and that was the only way I thought, okay, I could use an Excel spreadsheet, and I was really intimidated by the thought of doing it all from scratch. And then, like you said, the, the credits, um, planning courses and credits, like how many English did they need, and what was an English credit going to be, and how many credits did they need total to graduate, um, it was really daunting. It was a lot to process. And then I didn't even, I wasn't sure what the whole college admissions program process was where do we start in testing ACT and SAT and uh, what were the deadlines and how oh to apply goodness, for financial yes. aid and all of that stuff was just right like, the public school has someone that goes to school to learn yes, how to do that and I just didn't feel like I had enough time to get my head wrapped around all of it yeah and, and found some good books which were helpful but first time around that's when I had I didn't have <laughs> Excel so I was like, well, on a typewriter. Oh my, on type a typewriter. And cut and paste and like old school. Really yeah. old school. But it worked. I mean, we pulled it together, but I just was, it was really overwhelming. Yeah, I remember feeling that same way. I just thought, oh my goodness, what if I mess this up and my kids can't go? To, <laughs> if they were stuck, they couldn't progress in their lives because I was messing up their transcript or messing up their courses. It was very intimidating. So, um, Melody, as difficult as you found all this to be, and as difficult as I found all this to be, we didn't give up. Why didn't you give up? What helped you to keep going? Oh, I did find some resources. Found a really good book that gave me an outline. I uh, went to at least one workshop that gave me an example, and I think I dug out my transcript to just take a look and see. At some point, I realized this is not that hard. This is just recording the work that we've done in a format that College of Missions Officers are accustomed to seeing. Right. You don't want to look weird. No. Uh, a lot of homeschoolers <laughs> want to tell everything their kids have ever done, and it's like, don't make it hard on the college admissions people. No, just speak the language and be accurate and do a, an honest job. Right. Reflect what you're really don't doing. Don't puff up things. No, just right. be real. And then, um, like the first one that we put together, it was not fancy at all, but it did look enough like a regular transcript to where it was acceptable. Uh, my daughter decided to go into community college. It was fine. It was accepted. It was that big, like, oh, that worked, and it wasn't that hard. But it just, I would have appreciated some resources to save me time. Melody, let's take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor, and when we get back, we'll talk about the resources we found most helpful. Beyond Transcripts is brought to you by Transcript Maker. I wish I'd known about Transcript Maker. How does it work? Oh, it's really great. It's an online service that you subscribe to, and it allows you to create transcripts that look just like public school transcripts for your students. Um, does, is there a limit to how many transcripts you can make? 
For a homeschool family, you can make up to five transcripts for your subscription price. That's really good. Um, so how does that work? Do you just plug in your price? Does it figure out your GPA? Yeah, it's awesome. So there's a basic template and then you go in and you put in your student name, you put in their courses and their grades and it automatically calculates GPA, both weighted and unweighted GPA. Well, that's good because I had no clue how to figure out the weighted GPA. And then you save it I guess you can print them out or save them. Right. So um, all your work is saved on the Transcript Maker site. Um, it's not something you download, but when you're oh. ready to do the transcript, when you're ready to print it out, you download it to your computer and then you print it out. So it's easy peasy. Very nice. And so then you do not have to figure out um, all the math. <laughs> no, you don't have to figure out all the math, which was a great relief for me because when I was thinking I had to do that Excel spreadsheet, I really did think I might have to send my kids to public school. <laughs> Is there a place to include extracurricular activities? And yes, clubs? there's a place for exams to be uh, recorded. There's a place for um, notes and extracurricular activities. And the best part is that um, they offer a 14-day free trial. So if you just go to www.transcriptmaker.com, you can sign up for a 14-day free trial and test drive it for yourself. Awesome. Yep. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. So Melody, you were talking about a book that you found really helpful. What book was it that you found so helpful in your high school admin hat wearing? Head. The Senior High a Home Design Formula by Barbara Sheldon. And I don't even know if it's in print anymore, but I know at some point I discovered her website, which is very similar to the book. But that book had a lot of good ideas for taking real-life experiences and translating them into a course, coursework. And so for some of our, and it explained Carnegie units, like how to track the amount of time you're spending on a subject and making sure that you're uh, putting as much time into it as a standard course in a public high school. And so we use that a lot for some of the skill-based courses that we put together that reflected what the, what the kids were really interested in, what they had an aptitude for. Oh, sure. So like maybe auto mechanics, auto where you didn't have a book yes. for that. Right. Yeah. And it also gave me just a framework for how to record the time and the, the resources and the materials we used and then a way to translate that in onto paper so that it would be a course. And that I really felt like doing it that way. I know that my kids got a solid course because they put in so many more hours than a regular course. There are always way more minutes to than the minimum that you would have to have. Oh, sure. And then it also gave us a way to just track textbook-based courses and skill-based courses and then extracurricular activities. And sometimes you had to put together a couple of things in a related field to call it a course like you did for um, the walking, the dog. Oh, right, it. for PE, <laughs> PE fitness right. walking fitness and walking. disc golf. <laughs> right. Right. But it did give me a lot more ideas and I felt a whole lot better about it writing a transcript because I didn't have transcript maker and didn't know about it at the time. Right. Uh, that book really got me going and that was one of the most helpful things we did. And I think it was introduced to me through probably a homeschool book there. Probably found it there. Yeah. Um, so some of the most helpful resources um, that I found, again, you and I both started homeschooling quite a while ago. 
um, before there were so many internet resources and so many Facebook groups and blogs and websites. And so, um, yeah, the homeschool conventions and book fairs were really great because they had speakers who were talking on specific topics mm -hmm. that could guide you through some of these things like how many credits or um, how to prepare your kid to take the SAT or the ACT and which one was better. And um, Yeah, that was one of my best resources and also um, a great homeschool support group. Yes, where there are, they were the lifeline. Yes, where there were people who had gone before and they could hold your hand and say, it's not that hard, mm -hmm. we went through it too, and now here we are being able to provide that same, it's not that hard, we went through it too, to other people, right. which is, um, I think, very rewarding. It was, and it was very helpful. And then the State Homeschool Organization had resources and a magazine, that was another before, <laughs> yes. Before newsletters online, the magazine, and that was you know, I sit down and read that cover to cover when it came, uh, just for that moral support. Yes, I, I felt the same way, and also um, that our home state homeschool organization, uh, you can order diplomas from them. I ordered my kids diplomas, so again, I didn't have to try to create a, a diploma. I just um, filled out a little order form and sent it in with my with my fee. Because that's the other thing is that um, I'm sure you felt this way. You didn't want to shortchange your kids because they were right. homeschooled. So, you know, my my um, middle daughter especially, she wanted everything. You know, she wanted a diploma and she wanted a graduation and she wanted to go to college and she, you know, she was the one that she wanted all of all those the things. things right? Yeah, my my second child, he just uh, he graduated and started working full time right at that time he graduated, and he's actually still working for that company. Um, and we didn't have to provide a whole lot to his company, although he has asked me several times for his transcript as he's mm -hmm. applied for a new position in his company. So whether your kids go to college or go into the work world or they go into trade school, they're going to need a transcript no matter what right, they do. No matter what they do, we always some of the best advice I got was to prepare them for college so that it was an option. That was exactly what I did. Changing them, make sure that they have all the courses they need in case they want to. But out of all their children, one decided to dabble in college, and so it was good to have all of that ready for her. She did dual enrollment. Mm -hmm. college classes, mostly because she wanted to validate her homeschool grades. She just wanted to make sure that she really <laughs> earned that A. Oh, yeah. And she found out she didn't have college-level skills, but preparing for college no matter which way they're going to go, because then they have more options that way. That's exactly what I did with my children. I, I gave them all a rigorous course of education, and then they could do whatever they whatever wanted they to wanted. with it. And my um, middle son hasn't gone to college yet. He's been busy working full time, but he does want to go to college and he does, um, you know, at least have the courses he needed to go ahead and get started when he's ready. And my youngest daughter did dual enrollment and earned a bunch of credits and went to a year of community college. And so they, they have what they need to go farther, which um, that made me feel better as the homeschool administrator. Well, what advice do you have for parents who are homeschooling high schoolers in regards to their role as a school administrator? What, what can we do to make them not break out in a cold sweat? Keep up, keep track as you go. I think the, the best thing that I did was starting junior high as a practice run, keeping track. 
Oh, you're um, smarter than I was. I, I didn't start really until ninth grade when I realized, oh, no, this is so important. I could see it coming. It became apparent we were going to do this all the way through. I was like, I had better get my act together. So I started tracking and sh actually including the kids in keeping track because it's important to them. And I felt like they would take more ownership of that whole idea. Where do you want to go in life? What skills and talents do you have? What could turn into... You know, not necessarily a job. A lot of my kids went an entrepreneurial route. Mm -hmm. I think some of it had to do with us sitting down to figure out, you know, what skills do you have and what do you want to do? Not what do you want to be if you grow up, because that always scared me. I did not know. Mm -hmm. But what skills and talents do you have and what direction are you going? And so we started keeping track as we went, so that way I could keep up with what checks did we use or what materials or what classes because you cannot remember all the things oh, no. <laughs> when you go back. And especially if you have more than one student. Mm -hmm. They kind of, yeah. <clears throat> so keeping up and kept really good records. I kept more records than I needed, but that was better than not having enough. I agree. That's um, what I tell people all the time. Like, we're fortunate because we're in Texas and we don't have as many regulations as other states. But if you should move, you will need oh, that information. Or if your child uh, plans to go into the military, I have a friend whose son is going into the Navy, and the, the military will ask you for all the curriculum that you use, and if you haven't kept those records, you are going to backpedal to try to get that together. So it's better to keep way more records than you think you're going to need. Right. Be nice to your future self and do it I now. like that. Be nice to your future <laughs> self. Don't wait, because then it's time pressure and a deadline. And yes. You know, if some of your records are in the attic, you got to go digging through stuff to find things. And so right. we, um, like the first time, I learned that the first time around, then we started planning ahead and um, uh, writing course descriptions. That was another thing I started doing, not with the first few, but after a while, because some every now and then someone wants to know more about a class right. that you've listed. And um, I needed to keep up with what exactly this class was. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that um, sometimes when you're filling out the transcript, there's a big difference in the college's eyes if it says biology or if it says biology with labs. Right. So a proper course description is key um, because otherwise the college might not think your child had enough of the, the studies they should have had to prepare them for college-level work. That's true. And even when I was in college and transferred from one college to another, one of the classes I had had a lab, but the other university didn't accept. I had to redo that lab. But if it had been uh, the course description, maybe had been more into if they had matched better, like mm -hmm. between the two classes, basically the same class, but I had to redo it. Oh, my goodness. So I didn't want that kind of thing happening for my kids. Right. So we wrote those class descriptions so there wouldn't be any question about the quality of the work or the level of work. That, that makes did. sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Having way more than you need is better than trying yeah. to find and fill in. Um, so I know that um, one of the things I always tell people when they have kids in high school is find out what the deadlines are for things as early as possible. So when your kid gets into ninth grade, you want to start learning about the PSAT and the SAT and the ACT and all those acronyms because there are certain dates that you, uh, if you miss them, you cannot go back and have your child take that test, like the PSAT. Um, it's particular to, I believe it's 10th grade. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm not in that realm right now because my uh, current homeschool student is only seven. 
But um, when we get closer to high school, I'm going to have to learn when those deadlines are so that I don't shortchange him from any opportunities he might have. So I always tell people, make sure you start finding out all that information now. The and sooner the better. The sooner the better. And then the other thing that I was surprised that I had to do um, was the FAFSA, which is the application for uh, federal student aid. Mm -hmm. And that one you can actually file in October, I think, of the year before your child will go to college, like when they're a junior. I think you can file it that early. And I was surprised to find that out because I was thinking, oh, well, if my kid's going to go to college, say, say if my kid was going to go to college this year, 2020, fall of 2020, I thought, oh, well, January, that mm -hmm. would be when I should start the FAFSA. And, uh, and actually I found out that it could have been done in October of that the year before so getting that information about those deadlines is key because uh, especially with financial aid you want to be able to get as much as possible for your child so they don't have to take out those big student loans right we try hard not to do that um, and I guess like my when my daughter went she was working part-time and then paying for those classes that she went she didn't go for very long once she was satisfied that she was going in a different direction, but it's much easier if you don't have to work while you're in college. That is true. That is true. Okay, here at the end of our episode, we like to answer listener questions, and we have one here from Brenda. What do we do if our student took a high school course in eighth grade? Well, that is a really good question because some students are very academically gifted, and they do take high school courses early. And colleges actually like to see this on the transcript. It gives them a good indication of the academic abilities of that student. So you're just going to add an eighth grade year to your transcript and then put the course and the credit. And the college will understand that that was a high school course because it would be something like Algebra one or Biology, a typically high school course. And so, yeah, go ahead and add that because it's going to position your kid better with their standing at the college um, and in their college application process. Do you put all of the courses from their eighth grade year on there or just the high school? Level? Just the high school credit okay. courses. Yeah, it doesn't benefit to put regular eighth grade courses because that would have been an expectation that that child would have done that. But the high school courses make them stand out. Well, Melody, it sure was fun reliving the stresses and relief of becoming a homeschool administrator for our kids. It was. All the things we wish we'd known. That's right. I hope it was helpful for our listeners. Oh, I hope so, too. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of Beyond Transcripts. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Urbach. Thank you for listening to Beyond Transcripts, a Transcript Maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our music is by the great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins.